Jr. here with another episode of Conversations and Connections. We're the official podcast of the Family Crisis Center of East Texas. I'm Stuart Burson, the Prevention Coordinator for the agency. And today uh, we're going outside the agency a little bit, talking with Sharon Crook, who is with the Coalition. Thanks, Sharon. I appreciate you accepting the invitation. Absolutely. Happy to be here. <laughs> well, I appreciate it. Yeah, we're glad glad to, sh- to share uh, share our mission. With yeah, you. well, that, and, and that's awesome. Of course, I, I know Sharon from being with, with the interagency meetings and, and other, we kind of semi-same circles uh, mm-hmm. a lot of times. And so I do want to talk about the coalition. Um, the name itself opens it up. <laughs> it's, it's, yes. it's, I don't want to say it's vague, but it's... Uh, Okay, the coalition. Uh, I guess, what exactly is the coalition and what is y'all's purpose in the community? Yeah, great. I mean, it's a great question. And the coalition has actually uh, been around since 1988. So uh, we've been been here for quite a while. And we are a substance abuse prevention organization. Okay. So a lot of times people uh, think immediately when they hear substance abuse prevention, they think of ADAC. And right. we do a lot of things with Alcohol Drug and Drug Abuse Council. But the coalition is a little bit different in, from ADAC in that we focus really way upstream on prevention. Mm-hmm. And we try to look at prevention measures that, um, in our lingo, are called environmental measures. And basically what that means is just big picture things that we can do that will affect a large swath of the population rather than just small, maybe groups of kids or, you know, an individual or things like that. So the best example I can give um, of, you know, probably something that a lot of people know us for is our work in the smoke-free Lufkin uh, citywide ordinance. So rather than going around to uh, individuals or businesses one by one and working with them to, mm-hmm. you know, pass a smoke-free uh, policy, which we, we do that, but the more effective time, you know, time, money, all that resources uh, measure is to have the city recognize that protecting the whole city from secondhand smoke all right. at once with a citywide ordinance um, you know, that's really the best, best route. And so that, that's the best example I can give you of, of the, the types of things that the coalition yeah. does. Let's talk about the smoke-free Lufkin. How, how was that received when you first, when the coalition first brought this up mm-hmm. and there, there was talk, uh, about this happening did y'all get any pushback from the community? How was how was that? Yeah, absolutely. Any anytime <laughs> you're talking about any kind of city ordinance or regulation or any, you know, policy right. even. I mean, we you know, we all know that just from a human yeah. resource standpoint standpoint. When you have to put in a policy, you know something's not something's not going well, you yeah, know? Right. So um so of course there was pushback, but we are very lucky and blessed in Lufkin that we have uh, city council and um, city manager and and mayor at, at that time, especially that were forward thinking and realized mm-hmm. that hey, this is going to affect the health of our community for many many years in the future, and so um, 
we also had a, a amazing amazing champion, uh, Dr. Sid Roberts, who worked very hard at uh, building a coalition of people that came together for that smoke free Lufkin ordinance. So yeah, you know that that is a feather in our cap, in that uh, we were kind of behind the scenes yeah. on that and helping organize that. But but you're always going to have pushback. Sure, you sure. Know, for public health measures, obviously in the right. the area that we're in right now, you see, there's always going to be pushback. But yeah. We, as public health professionals and prevention professionals, we have to know that sometimes we have to do things that are going to be for the greater good, the, you know, right. health of our community. And I guess it kind of reminds me, when I, when I do our prevention work, I've literally had men come up to me and say, well, you're telling us we can't look at pretty girls. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying that, <laughs> you know, right. but there's a proper way and there's mm-hmm. a respectful way. Mm-hmm. And going back to the the smoke-free Lufkin, you know, of course, I'm at the age now, and I think a lot of our young people probably will never know when you go into a restaurant, that question, smoking or non-smoking. Oh, absolutely. Yes. (laughs) You know, where do you want to sit? Smoking on an airplane or, you know, things like that. Yes. Those those things have been really been stamped out. um, And and we're fortunate because of that. Right. Right. you know, you look on the other side, unfortunately, our youth are now being targeted with e-cigarettes, um, jewel puff bars and and the like. And, um, you know, so our priorities sometimes have to change from traditional, uh, smoking and tobacco to, you know, whatever the industry is going to put out there to, Mm -hmm. to try and attract our youth. Sure. Sure. Well, let's, let's talk about youth, you know, probably one of the Probably the the group that I that if we do anything with a lot is going to be the drug free all stars. Absolutely, yes. Uh, let's talk a little. Uh, let's talk a little bit about the drug free all stars and, and these kids and Angelina. Kids. Yes, amazing group and a program that we've had um, almost since the inception of the coalition. And uh, really, what it is is our organization believes in the power of youth and uh, the power of youth voices specifically. And so this program started a very long time ago uh, and has evolved over the years. Right now, the program is for high school seniors that uh, apply their junior year. And these are uh, kids in the community from all across Angelina County that are uh, passionate about being drug, alcohol, and tobacco-free. And they fill out an extensive application. They have to have references. They have Mm -hmm. to come in for an interview. Um, And then we narrow down the selection and we choose our all-stars each year. And then those all-stars are really the face of the coalition. We train them at our annual training meeting in August. Um, and then we send them out into the community. They, uh, they go and visit different organizations in the community. Mm-hmm. We have an annual visit here at the right. crisis center, but more importantly, they, um, represent us at health fairs, mm-hmm. um, they were instrumental, the group of all-stars, when Smoke Free Love can happen. They were instrumental yeah. in providing testimony um, to our city council members and going to visit their city council members. So um, they really, uh, we, we look for any kid that is interested in being a kind of role model for not only the community, but for their peers mm-hmm. to show that having a drug, alcohol, and tobacco-free life is you know, it's a, it's a great life and yeah. it's preferable right, than, right. you know, than any other option. Well, what are some of the projects that they're involved in? I know, um, 
uh, Abby, mm-hmm. uh, who's with the coalition, yes. who I really uh, communicate a lot with, you know, is always talking about them going to the to the grocery stores and putting the stickers yes. on the on yes. the beer. Yes, Project Sticker Shock. Yeah. Yes, yeah. that's probably our biggest, um, you know, most well known because that happens every year. Mm-hmm. Um, we traditionally do it the the week before spring break. The All Stars go out and they do they visit grocery stores, convenience stores, anywhere that sells alcohol, and they um, it's really a, a a campaign to get the word out to adults not to supply alcohol to minors. Mm-hmm. Um, and they put stickers on the different packages of alcohol. We have a great partnership with um, Brookshire Brothers and Biggs Convenience Stores that allow us, you know, to go mm-hmm. in and, and do yeah. that. And it's just a way to remind the community, hey, you know, we we don't we don't provide alcohol to our minors here right. in in this community. And and here's the consequences of if you do. Sure. So sure. last year we actually um, added a another time of year. We usually do that um, in the spring, uh, right before spring break. It's a timely uh, time to do it. But this year we also did it um, in the time mid December before the holidays. Right. We found that that's another time that is is a good time to remind folks yeah. about being responsible. Right. Um, one thing I want I want to ask is um, related to the coalition's work, and I don't know if this will happen in Texas anytime soon, but more and more states are starting to legalize marijuana yes. for non uh, for recreational use. Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess, I, and like I said, that's, that hasn't happened in Texas here yet. I don't know if or when that that will happen, but. What do you think about that? Well, as uh, youth prevention uh, uh, workers, we know the research shows us and our surveys of students Mm -hmm. show us that as marijuana is legalized um, in other states across the country, um, we know, yes, it's not legal here in Texas, but our surveys show that as other states legalize, it becomes normalized. And if it's normalized, then our youth think it's okay. Right. And so we have seen that on our student surveys, that the perception of harm or risk surrounding marijuana has gone down. And that is not what we want to see. We want to mm-hmm. see that you know risk and harm stay up there, especially for our youth. And that's because we know that our uh, young adults, their brains are not fully developed, not sure. full, not done cooking until, you know, almost mid-20s yeah. now, the research is showing mm-hmm. us. And so if you expose a, a young person, one in high school and some even young as middle school, to any kind of substance that uh, will affect the pathways in their brain, then you are setting them up for a higher risk of addiction on down the road. Yeah, And so... Uh, we are very closely watching what happens uh, in Texas surrounding marijuana. And we are, uh, as as an organization and especially our, our board of directors, they are very uh, plugged in to watching mm-hmm. what is happening in, in our state legislature to yeah. make sure that, that we can advocate and we can educate surrounding that. Because I, I think there's there's just an unintentional consequence that when you legalize um, people just don't think about what that message sends to to our sure. kids. Right. All right. Um, so the coalition is also in charge, and, and probably the second thing that I, I uh, work 
work with y'all with, or, or I, I see y'all at is, is, is the interagency meetings. Yes. Uh, here in, in in Angelina County. Let's just talk about that. Um, interagency meetings, I guess the name kind of is self-explanatory. It's mm-hmm. all a lot of different agencies, nonprofits and, mm-hmm. and, and such. And try to meet once a month mm-hmm. to talk about uh, things going on in, within our agencies, I yeah. guess, right? Yeah, it's really, uh, it really was uh, was born from um, kind of the 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 background and the mission of the coalition. You know, we, we, our tagline is coming together for a better community. Mm-hmm. So we do that coming together under the umbrella of substance abuse prevention, but we also want to help other agencies to, you know, in the rest of the community come together right. for a better community. And so that's really where it came from. Um, we, uh, uh, along with Burke way back in the day, uh, worked at uh, coordinating these interagency mm. meetings and um, it's loosely called the interagency coalition there's that word again the coalition it just gets <laughs> thrown around all the everywhere but uh, really the point of it is to have a gathering time specific time because we're all busy but a specific time each month and in our case it's the third uh, Tuesday of every month at 1 30 where any social service nonprofit provider in Angelina County can join our meetings in person. We we like, we prefer, but uh, here lately have been uh, by Zoom. Yeah. And uh, they are able to, we usually have a speaker that shares about, you know, whatever program is happening at their agency. Mm-hmm. And then everybody has a chance to make announcements. Yeah. So we get to hear about your safe coalition. Mm-hmm. We, um, we get to hear about things that are, that are happening at, um, you know, at Burke, at uh, the Salvation Army that we maybe wouldn't otherwise know because sometimes we get siloed in the nonprofit world. We, we get so um, head in the sand in our own area of expertise that we don't know what's going on. So this is to prevent duplication of services. Really. Sure. Right. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask you how has COVID affected these meetings, which I know and yes. you know. Yes. But I want to I want to expand on that and just talk about the coalition in general and, and the drug free all stars and because so much of what these kids do is is going out in the public and and uh, by the way I you know, they always help us. Well, they come here every year and they take a tour of the safe house and we do a presentation for them. But, um, I know the past several years, uh, during, um, October domestic violence awareness month, we have, uh, uh, some things going on at Angelina college. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times those kids will come out and help us mm-hmm. do our obstacle course and, and, and things like that. But how has COVID just affected the coalition's yeah. work? Like everyone, it's been challenging. Um, I think for us, it's been specifically challenging because our whole mission is getting out into the community. Right. Um, yeah. You know, prevention work, that's what we center on is the community. So um, it, it's been challenging. We have worked really hard to find, you know, alternative ways to, yeah. to reach out. Lots of Zoom meetings, um, lots of social media campaigns that our youth have put together, um, doing things on, on Instagram and Facebook, and uh, just, you know, finding other ways to, to get our message out there. Uh, last year's class of All-Stars, they um, 
I'm, I'm sure they would say that it was a good year, but for us, it was disappointing just because yeah. we didn't get to, to do the in-person visits that right. we normally do and the health fairs and the, you know, just all of the mm-hmm. different outreach events. We got to do a few. Anytime sure. there's anything outside, we, we jump on it. Yes, outside. Right. Let's yeah. do it, you know. But, but yes, it's been challenging. I think, you know, for interagency meetings, I, that would probably be the one place that I would say that you know, maybe really hasn't affected because we've had good attendance and sometimes mm-hmm. even better attendance on our Zoom meetings right. for interagency. So that's been um, that that's been good, but mm-hmm. that you just can't replace the in person, face to face networking. I agree one hundred percent. You know, um, and I think the work we do, and you may agree with this, when you do prevention work, there's just something about having the interaction. I think more people especially young people are more likely to speak up and ask you a question when you're talking to them in person as Absolutely. opposed to um, talking to them in Zoom, which kind of just winds up being a lecture to them, mm-hmm. I think, sometimes. And you and you do miss that interaction. Yeah, and they end up, you know, they've been Zooming for their classes, and yeah. for, you know, just for so much that they'll turn their camera off and you just wonder, are, are we reaching you? Are we yeah. getting you? But yeah, that face-to-face, you just can't, you can't replace it. Right. Um, uh, before we move on, I also want to mention that the coalition, y'all do have, y'all have a podcast as well. We do. Right? We do. Yeah. We pro- I think we launched probably about the same time y'all Maybe did. so. Yeah. Maybe so. Yeah. So JP Heath with our organization, uh, he, uh, is a has a part-time gig also uh, with us and then his actual full-time job is with Rice University as uh-huh. a, a sports announcer so uh, he's got the radio voice already oh, yeah. yeah sure <laughs> and so we uh, nabbed him to be able to start our podcast it's called the podcast nine th- or, uh, the coalition 936 coming together for a better community we uh, usually publish that about once a month um we try to center it around you know different things maybe that the all-stars are doing that month or around health observances that are happening you know that month we have uh, different guests that come on with jp and he does a great job at at interviewing and and pulling that information out just like you do Stuart. (laughs) (laughs) so i don't know if this is an easy question but can, can What's the one thing that you believe that you're the most proud of in your work with the coalition? Yeah, I, I you know, I've been there, I've been there over seven, eight years now. So um, there's a lot of things that I'm, I'm really proud of. But when you know, you you sent me these questions ahead of time, so I had a chance to kind of reflect I, and don't think. tell, don't tell everybody. My I guess secrets. I shouldn't. Yeah, I shouldn't, I shouldn't <laughs> say that. Um, the behind the curtain <laughs> secrets of the podcast, but you know. Thinking back and reflecting over the years, uh, so many things, but I think any area where we have youth that are able to shine are the the times that I am most proud of. So um, two things come to mind in particular. One is that our drug-free all-stars have an annual meeting. So these are new all-stars every year. Mm-hmm. You know, we rotate every year. There's new new group of seniors that comes in. But every year, they uh, we pick out five or six of them that go and meet with Trent Ashby, Representative Ashby. Mm-hmm. And they get to talk with him about the issues that they see in their schools and uh, get to talk with him about ways that they would like this to see the state 
you know, respond to mm-hmm. those issues. And gosh, to sit the, to watch those kids sit down, you know, either in person or this last uh, year we did it by Zoom um, to, you know, get their thoughts together and, you know, be courageous enough, you know, for all of us, we know that Trent's not an intimidating figure. We all, you know, love and appreciate the work that he does uh, for East Texas. But for them, meeting with an elected official is is a big deal. Yeah, of course. And uh, to watch them be courageous and speak up about the things mm-hmm. that they believe in, I, I just am bursting with pride over that. And then to go along with that, um, in the previous legislative session, not this past one, but the previous one, we had youth that really rallied around the Tobacco 21 initiative, which was um, the uh, uh, initiative to raise the sale age of tobacco from 18 to 21. And we had youth that went up uh, to Austin and visited every single representative and uh, senator's office in Austin to share information about Tobacco 21 and to educate about that. And then we had youth that on their own time and their own money went and testified uh, before the different committees, the the Senate and uh, the House committees that were considering that measure. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that it passed. And I think that our youth were a part of the reason that it passed because they, you know, showed and talked to those representatives and made them understand that if you can raise the sale age of tobacco, you're knocking that whole high school demographic out of being able to provide because 18 year olds could buy the jewel and the puff bars and the cigarettes and the dip and give it to their freshmen and sophomores on campus, not to mention kids at the middle school, Mm -hmm. you know, so when you move it to 21, you're knocking out that whole, you know, high school age group and, and, you know, they saw the value in that. Our representatives saw the value in that. And, you know, we're, we're proud of Texas for doing the right thing on that. And I'm, I'm proud of our youth for speaking up. Great. Okay. So, Let's get to know Sharon a little bit. Uh, are you from this area? I am not. Uh, okay. I have been here um, approaching 20 years, and I, I, I'm still an outsider. You know, okay. if you weren't it's born, in, like me, yeah. I born, right. if you weren't born and bred in Lufkin, although I've done my best to integrate into the community, sometimes I think, gosh, I, I'm still not there yet, almost mm-hmm. 20 years. But I uh, do love this area. We've, we've been here, like I said, almost 20 years, and you know, raised our kids here, okay. and it's, it's been a great, great place for our family. So where are you from? I am originally from the Clear Lake area, south of Houston. Oh, okay. Yeah, my uh, dad was an engineer at NASA, so that's landed us. Really? In, yes, landed nice. us down there by the, the Johnson Space Center. So You know where Aldine is? Up. Uh-huh, okay. yes, that's, yes. So is that where you're That's from? where I went, went okay. to high school in uh, Aldine ISD. Okay, and, yeah, yeah. Right by the big airport, as we yes. used to say that's right. back in the day. Yes, <laughs> That's right, the big airport. The big airport. <laughs> uh, so where'd you go to school? Went to Texas A&M. Okay. A whoop out there for all of our Aggie listeners. Um, went to Texas A&M, thought that I was going to be a lawyer, maybe, and uh, majored in political science. And then I decided, hmm, my mom was a teacher. And I decided, hmm, maybe I ought to get my teaching certificate just in case. And uh, ended up loving that and ended up going into um, to education as a field. But then when we moved to East Texas... Um, I kind of took a step back from education, stayed home with my kids for a little while, mm-hmm. and then um, really uh, loved the volunteering that I was doing in the nonprofit community. And 
really spoke to me and made me realize that I thought that I, I, I wanted to stay in that okay. sector. And so I started working in the nonprofit sector, um, worked at the Mosaic Center for a little while, and then landed over at the coalition, which, you know, things have a way of working out. Um, my background in political science ended up being very useful for the job that I do now. Right. Um, yeah. You know, helping our, our kids and our board members, you know, center around that advocacy and knowing how the political process works. It ended up being handy. So, you okay. know. Things end up working out the yeah. way that they're supposed to <laughs> supposed to work out. And I, I am a political science nerd. Um, I love anything and everything having to do with government and yeah. politics, which awesome. I know turns a lot of people off. But I I enjoy <laughs> the process. <laughs> uh, but, so before we wrap things up, I just want to ask you, going back again to the drug-free all-stars, if, if – if there's a, a young person that is interested, how do I don't know if this is even the right time? Uh, we're recording now. This is going to probably be uh, next week or a couple of weeks before this, so we're we're still looking at August. When's the time for a young person to apply or express interest? How would yeah, they do that? Yeah. So uh, the time to start thinking about it is their junior year. Okay. Um, and we launched the applications on our website, AngelinaCoalition.org, on our website in April, generally. Okay. Um, and then they have until May 31st to apply. Um, and, you know, there's a whole list of things that goes along with that application process. And then the timeline after that is we do our inter interviews in person in June and we make our final selections in July. And so okay. we have our incoming class that's coming in right now. We are super excited uh, about that incoming group. We've got representatives from every high school in Angelina County, including the homeschooling community. So we're, we're, really really excited about this group that's coming in um and we'll train them at the end of august and then they'll be launched out as our official <laughs> uh, voice of the coalition uh, starting in september so right. so yeah juniors need to be thinking about it and we do our best to get the word out you know um we do the traditional media releases but we also go through the schools through the counselors and you know it's really important that we look for those kids that um maybe aren't necessarily plugged in to all of the, you know, all the extracurricular activities that, that we all think of when we right. think of, you know, kids that are involved. We want to find those kids that are passionate about being prevention advocates. Mm -hmm. And so sometimes those are the quieter kids. Right. And maybe they're not so plugged in, but they're passionate about those things. So we, those are the kids that we want to find. So we work real hard at working with the counselors and school personnel okay. to make sure that we get those kids to apply. All right. Awesome. All right, Sharon Crook, thank you. Yes, thank, thank you, you so much. And I said earlier, we're going to have to return the favor. We'll have to have you uh, come over and um, uh, talk that, talk with JP and, and be a part of, of our podcast. That'd be awesome. Yeah. That'd be great. Thanks. Uh, so if, if you have any questions about what uh, Sharon and I have talked about, uh, you can, first of all, you can email us. Our email address is conversationsandconnections at fccet.com. And if you feel like you need the Family Crisis uh, Services for any reason, if you feel like you, you need us, you can reach out to us 24 hours a day, seven days a week. Our 24-hour hotline is 1-800-828-7233. That's 1-800-828-7233. And uh, if you like what you hear, give us a subscribe. You can subscribe uh, to Conversations and Connections via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, or the podcast service 
of your choice. And as always, remember, be the voice, if not for you, for someone else.